What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Let's go. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, looking again. Those up the middle. That's it. Oh, at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. And it's time once again for the Salty Dogs podcast. Same time, same day as always. We're nothing if not regular. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Which is good for a Salty Dog, yeah, right? At my age, yes. Being regular is very important. No, I, I wow, just... what a way to start. Huh? What yes. a way to start. That, uh, I am Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs, and we do come at you every week uh, to talk about mostly the Buccaneers. Yes. Occasionally some other topics. Yes, you never know what's going to pop out of our mouths. We're going <laughs> to have um, Carmen Vitali with us. She is. Uh, she writes for the website. Yes. Uh, knows the Buccaneers very well. Um, so she'll be coming up. She'll be actually our first two-time guest because she was sort of a like a last minute. You called her in to settle something one right. time. But yeah. this is the first time with her name on the marquee. Yes, we'll we'll give her Anyway, credit. it's going to be all Not about... Not paying Buc- her, but we'll give her credit. <laughs> credit. Credit. Um, so, Jeff, we are happy, and probably our listeners are as well. I am, I am really, really happy. And what I think is so fun, funny as in... Everybody I've walked into, I mean, driving home from that game. You I was, walked into people all driving home? Well, I was exhausted. It's impressive. Yes. So driving home, as I turned the corner, my one neighbor was <laughs> out front waving his arms. <laughs> You're like a local celebrity. Yes, yes, yes. And Matt goes, what was that? <laughs> exactly. And I, and I looked at him. We won. Yeah, well, we, that's, we're happy at the end of the day. We, he goes, oh, we were trying to eat dinner, and we were screaming at the TV. I'm thinking, you're... <laughs> hey, you're, that's what being a fan's all about. Lucky you. You are eating dinner. I am still working. <laughs> there was plenty of yes, fun the press. But, but, but was, that's that's the best part of being a fan is. when it's a game where you're just jumping up and down, and you're... That game had was one of those moods or, or emotional swings back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We got them. Oh, now we're turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Now suddenly they're driving when they couldn't. Oh, they tied us up. No, we stop them at the goal line. Amazing goal line stand. Unreal. Then they get the punt return, and they're right back there two seconds later, and they score, and it's tied. And then we're going to win on a 40-yard field goal, and we miss it. And then we lose the overtime toss, so that's bad. But then we stop Cleveland, which is awesome. Which is good. And then we throw an interception in our that's own end. So bad. you're like, okay, now it's over. We're di- you don't throw an interception in your own end in an overtime game mm-hmm. and win. You're going to lose that game. You but do- we stop them again. And, uh, you know, we, we get down to their side, and you're like, okay, we're, we're at about the 36. We only need a little bit more for a field goal try. And then we get sacked twice more. It's like third and 30, and you're sure. We're, how are we got, possibly going to win this game? There's no I, way we're going to win that I game. I did ask Dave Moore in his headset, do we have a third and 30 play? <laughs> there isn't <laughs> no, one. No, there isn't one. Unless you're Steve Young and Terrell Owens, mm-hmm. you don't have a play for that. So uh, the – it didn't. Then they complete the out to Deshaun, which like, well, that's good. Now at least we get to try a fifty-nine yard. But who makes a fifty-nine yard field goal in overtime? Our he, guy, our guy. And you know what? He in his career has a fifty-seven yarder, a fifty-nine yarder, and a sixty yarder, and he's made them all. He's never missed from that distance, I, <laughs> which is crazy. As, as, Let me just say real quick, we were. I was down on the sideline by that point, and. We were all upset when the two sacks in a row happened by Jameis Winston, which he can't let happen. No. And, and I'm not the one. No excuse. I'm, I'm no. parroting Coach. Coach no. said straight up afterwards, he, James can't do that. He cannot take a sack there. So, and, and apparently, 
we ran the wrong play on the first sack. Something happened in a miscommunication error. Yes, he did not. He uh, Jameis did not call the play that was called in, which is bizarre. Now, whether it, whether it's heard or not heard, I don't know, and yeah. I'm sure as time goes on, we'll we'll hear more about this. But <clears throat> he did not run the play that was called in. So, um, the funny thing about the so we're sitting there going, man, we could have had like easily could have had like a forty-five yard field goal, yeah. which. And now we're trying to 59 yard, but you know what? I didn't couldn't tell from the sideline, but watching it later, I don't think that kick would have been good from 45. No, it hooked inside in the last like 10 yards. Great golf shot. It was awesome. Brought it in. Brought so if it he in. was he needed to be 59 yards away. Well, if I'm not mistaken, in the post game show, they they said uh, or he said, and so did our long snapper that our holder rather that they um, they played the win. Well, they played to win, but they all, yeah, they had to start it outside yeah. the goalpost. Which apparently is a tough thing for a kicker to do because he's not used to aiming at, what is he aiming at? Some fan with a bright hat on? Well, you know, I've heard different stories that sometimes they aim at something in the net or something. Right. You know, but up when you there. have to do it outside yeah, the post, I know. That's I know. tough. But I, uh, you know, as frustrated as you get with missing an extra point, as frustrated at, uh, about extra points, by the way. The NFL accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. Yeah. Everybody was saying, well, why have an extra point? Just give seven and let's not do it. They move it back for an extra point. Now, all of a sudden, you don't know. It's chaos. It. And it's not, it's not only here. It's Justin every- Tucker missed one. First time in junior Unbel- high. And it hurts us. Mm-hmm. Yes. All these kicking things around the league, other, until that 15-yard yard, it was like every kick is killing us. Graham Gano, yep. Matt Bryant yep. against us, our own, our own missed extra point in Atlanta, our own missed extra point. Against Cleveland, but finally we got the the kick that helped us. Uh, so and, that was nice. And, uh, Baltimore missing, so they don't tie New Orleans. Who knows what would have happened there? But so when, when they were when they were kicking it, what was your initial thought? My initial thought was we we the have fifty nine yarder. Yeah, I thought we had a shot at it. I thought it was the right decision. Yes, because I agree. I, you know if you don't make that, you're probably going to lose. But so what? I mean, let's. We're trying to win this season. We right. needed to get to three and three. We and had a shot to win it. If we punt, we are not going to win. Maybe we can tie. I I think Dirk had to go for it simply because the week before he made the comment that uh, in Atlanta that was a ballsy call. Yeah. Dirk's words, not mine. And then ballsy call. And now he has his opportunity. So if he doesn't do it, then you talk about yeah yeah. yeah. But so it, I like it. I I I love the call. And if you didn't make it. You know what? You still could have stopped him. So it, yeah, and it was maybe even more gutsy because in Atlanta, no, actually, I guess the Atlanta one was gutsier because it was closer. Well, yeah. also because if you you've got a two point lead, so you could you could conceivably punt it, hold, and win. Whereas here, if we punt, we're not going to win. We're going to get a tie. Now, what is your thought when once once we made the stop? What was it? At one point, should we have taken a safety rather than having the start? Well, we were starting on that half yard line. Would we have been better off taking a safety? Obviously, that wasn't in overtime because taking the safety would be lost. Yes, we had yes. to start on our own one three times in that game, mm-hmm. and I don't remember. And that thought usually occurs to me, so I don't remember. Uh, I, I guess I do know one you're talking about. It would be when we were up 23 to 16 after we had stopped them and made them punt, and we're at the one again, and then and then we ended up punting, and they returned it all the way to the 16. Uh, but the problem with that, you, when you're saying take a safety, it's usually when the math has you up by more than seven points, or 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 it's like you're up by six. So the difference between six and four is is relatively irrelevant. Right. Um, 
the difference between seven, which is what we were, and five, which is what we would be, is, is huge because now you're losing on a touchdown or at least falling behind with not very much time left. So I don't think we should have taken a safety there. I just, it was just a thought that kind of we, it, it was – I haven't really seen anybody talk about it. It was a thought that came through me. So. There were so many moments in that game – <laughs> that if we had, if one thing had happened, we never would have been in that terrible situation. O.J. Howard drops a ball with, what, I don't know, five minutes left or something before their final drive on third down that's right in his hands, and he doesn't drop that ball very very often. And he was in I, I don't think I don't think they ever score again if he catches that ball. And he was still running. He would still be running. <laughs> you think so? It was oh, that no good of a question. play? It yeah. was that great of a play. You so, go back and look at that. I will. It was, it was caught in stride. I think that's probably why, because he probably knew when he was turning. That's when guy, you, everybody who's played football has done it. You drop it because you're you take your eye off. Yeah, your your head's turned and everybody's and done it. But there were a lot of moments like that. But but it's a win, and and I know everybody goes, oh, you're lucky or this, and and winning in the NFL is hard. Period. When you get into December and you start looking for the numbers to come your way to get into the playoffs, you're not going to remember how you got it. All you remember is you have it. Cleveland is an amazing football team because of how many overtime games they Four. played this year. It's unbelievable. So they're doing something right, or I mean, you're thinking, you know, you see well, a lot better. of they're competitive now. Yeah, you see a lot of self infliction. They had 14 penalties for 114 yards. Yes, they, that, that's <laughs> the flip side of what I was just saying. There were so many plays, and that's what happens in a game. You you remember the stuff if we just done that, and then you forget. Well, also, the Browns did the same thing to themselves. We had six first downs by way of penalty. There was multiple times in that game where they rescued us out of a bad situation by committing a penalty. Um, and, and, you know, I've talked with another guy on staff here quite often about how frustrating the defensive holding penalty is. Very, defensive holding yeah. being five yards but an automatic first down. And so many times when you look back at it, you, you're like, you can't ever be sure because maybe the guy being held would have been open and then your quarterback wouldn't have been able to pass instead of getting sacked. I understand that. But you, you, you and I both know there's been many, many plays – for and against us, where you look at it and go, they called that ticky-tack defensive holding call over here, away from the play. It was because that's what an official does. He sees the penalty, he calls it. And then we sack the guy over here for 15 yards, totally unrelated, but we lose all that. Now they get an entire first down instead of being fourth and 25. You rescued them for, for that, but it goes both ways. And in this game, it helped us a lot. I think they should change that rule personally, but I'm glad it wasn't changed on Sunday because we needed those. Yeah. And you know what? You know, people talk about that they like exciting football or they if, – if That you, was an exciting if, game. If you didn't think that was an exciting game, I mean, it, it, it was a tale of two two sides, though, because our first half was – Yeah, we, we have to talk about – Defense didn't give up any points. We have to talk about our defense. No points. I know. And it's fair to say that Cleveland is probably the least – dangerous of the offenses we've faced so far this year at least Chicago played like they were New Orleans the week we played them and they're doing some but that was still impressive and we ended up giving up 305 yards but they only had 126 yards for the first three quarters we kept getting off the field on third down over and over again that was the big thing they didn't have they they had scored they scored on a 16-yard drive and another like 13-yard drive after a, a, a turnover uh they didn't have any sustained drives until the fourth quarter and uh that's impressive. Very. And the coverage was so much better. If you if you look at <clears throat> from a week ago, I mean that's Atlanta. Im- it, that's impressive. Anytime you can shut out a team in the first half, that's impressive. Anytime, but the fact that the way you played in Atlanta and how wide open everybody was, 
one week later, the coverage is so much. The better. coverage is so much better. And they said that coach said that they did simplify the coverage for the young guys, but they actually did that before the Atlanta game. But maybe it just took a couple games for it to start to take effect. And this is going to give them confidence, and hopefully they'll just continue to get better. Still not a. Not something you expect to be a top 10 defense, but they don't have to be. They just have to be good, and they have to make key plays at key times. Yeah, yeah. Because the NFL, it's kind of like how in, in baseball saber matricians will tell you, don't worry about stats like wins for pitchers and, and RBIs for batters because they're so that's, – that's not the best way to measure things anymore. We've got much better ways to measure them. In the same way in the NFL, the way it's become such an offensive era, and it's routine now. We did it again yesterday, Sunday to get 450 yards in a game. Yards is not the best measuring stick anymore. Uh, obviously points is, but turnovers, we got to get more turnovers, getting off the field on third down and not allowing explosive plays. And and we had been failing badly in all of those areas, and we got two of them cleaned up, the explosive plays on the third down in this last game. And one of the plays of the game that's kind of gone by the wayside because it was an overtime game was Levante yeah. David making that play. Unbelievable. He's so great. Making the punch, putting it out. And even <clears throat> national media was looking at it and saying, here's one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Oh, I like that he's – at least they're saying that because then maybe eventually he'll be properly rated mm -hmm. because he deserves way more accolades than he's gotten and because the, he's a 4-3 outside linebacker. And the fact that he was able to punch it out and it goes out of bounds behind the, <laughs> behind so cool. the first line. What an incredible Or the first play. down marker. Mm -hmm. that, that changed that, – that's points. They oh. lose possession of the ball. That's, that's worth three points minimum. No – if it went out of bounds in front of sticks, they would have had time to first score down. a touchdown. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying the minimum you would the minimum think. of three. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that that was a probably in the end that was one of the most important plays of the whole game. Uh, certainly changed things. Levante David, did you know that he has because he got two more in this game? He has exactly 100 tackles for loss since he came in the league in in 2012. I did not know that. Only one player in the entire league has had more in that span. Really? Yeah, and you've probably heard of him, J.J. Watt. And if you look at the top ten or so on that list, it's all defensive ends and pass rushing linebackers because they get most of their tackles for loss because a quarterback sack also counts as a tackle for mm -hmm. loss. So they get all these sacks, and they, that's how they get so high in tackles for loss. J.J. Watt's kind of an exception because he does it all. But Levante doesn't get a lot of sacks. He did in one year, but he mostly doesn't. His tackles for loss are legitimate great plays of getting through the line or pursue plays on the back end. He does that better than any other linebacker in the league, and, this, and the numbers prove it. And the same thing with forced fumbles. He's like sixth in the league since 2012, and all the other ones are guys like J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones because they get the strip sacks. That's how mm -hmm. a lot of fumbles happen. But he legitimately gets fumbles like the one he did on, uh, uh, on Sunday, and, and it's game-changing plays. And, boy, are we going to need it now with Quan Alexander out. Sorry to bring the room down. Yeah, thanks. Boy, I was just thinking we're, we're on a roll right now, and now it's yeah, – uh, yeah, and I think I think it was an emotional. I, at the half, I could see in the locker room. I wasn't in the locker room, but I could see how, you know, losing Quan and Quan being so vocal and being, yeah. you know, and so I don't know if we came out well. We did come out flat. That's I do know said. that. And that's probably yeah, why. Yeah, and, and and it is an emotional game, and you gotta realize too that they may have known more than we did. We just knew he was out. We didn't know exactly. Oh, how they knew bad. he was done. Yeah, they did, but we we as as yeah. fans or but as we were it was going out, we we were worried. We were very worried. It's really easy to diagnose a uh, torn ACL, by the way, because I've had one, mm -hmm. and our team doctor diagnosed it for me on a Saturday night in, in Charlotte because it happened that morning, and I jumped on the plane and hadn't been able to have it examined yet. Nobody can see this, but I'm but, putting. Four, two thumbs and two fingers on my hand, on my knee, 
and just slightly moving it. That's what the doctor did, Dr. Vijak, remember him? Mm-hmm. It took a second and goes, oh, yeah, you got a torn ACL. He said, you got to go have an MRI, mm-hmm. but the MRI is going to say you have a torn ACL. And he was exactly right. So they can, fi- even before they get an MRI, they know. Mm-hmm. They know. So Quan knew, and right. he came out. It's just about they're about to go on the field, and they were, it was apparently tough because it's tough to lose any guy, but the guy that's your emotional leader, the guy, every, like three or four different guys use the same phrase, the heart and soul of the team or the defense oh, when they were talking about it on Monday. By the way, he was making calls. Yeah, well, Levante can do that. Yeah. But at that time, then he, you know, you got to switch it over. Yeah, that's right. You know, you got to put the headset over. It's a huge loss, and and coaches will always say the same thing: next man up. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the league says that. You now. have no choice. Like it's their own phrase, and nobody's, <laughs> nobody's going to feel sorry for us, which is true. No. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Other teams have big injuries, but I got to say, this is not going to be an easy one to overcome. It changes a lot, and uh, Darius Taylor. Uh, we'll be stepping in at middle linebacker, and he's been great and versatile for us. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be hard to beat to replicate Quan Alexander. And then Devante Vaughn is probably going to start at strong side, and he we just got him back on the team a week and a half ago. It's it's worries. It's something to it's worry very, about. It's very worrisome. Uh, and it's especially because that was the one level of your defense that had been pretty much if you were if you were trying to figure out what was wrong in the defense, you were always like, well, the linebackers are playing all right. We're fine at linebacker. It's up front and in the mm-hmm. secondary, especially in the secondary. And uh, and you were just saying last week, we said all we need is the defense just to play better. Didn't have to play lights out. They played close to lights out last week. For They played close to lights out for three quarters. Did not play well in the fourth quarter. But fortunately, there were five quarters in that game. <laughs> so <laughs> they got it back together. A typical. Yeah, you know, it's funny. During, during that whole process, I – I was going through, when was the last time the Buccaneers had a tie? Because, 1980. Because, I know, but it was down to the uh, last few minutes, and I was going to text you. But I looked, and I saw you already down on the field. And I said, he's probably not going to answer his phone down there because you're not supposed to. Yeah. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, good thing. Now you told me mm-hmm. before I got in trouble. It was right. Green Bay 1990. I didn't want to get you in trouble because I, I know you would go, oh, it's Jeff. I better answer this. It's yeah. important. Well, you, you know I would do that? I'm uh, yes. not sure. Yeah, Your maybe. confidence may be a bit misplaced. There. But I, I was... I was looking it up as because I was thinking this is going to suck. A, a tie is worse than a loss. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It doesn't help you at all. A tie is better than a loss. You think? Yes. But going for the win at the expense of possibly losing was the right decision nevertheless because a win is way better than a tie, and we needed it badly. I just can't feel it. We needed it badly. I can't. It doesn't matter how you feel, I, Jeff. It matters what the record is at the end of the season. Have you season. not figured it out yet? It does matter. It is about me. Okay, so we have a lot of other football topics to yes. discuss, but our guest has now entered the room yes. and into our fabulous studio. So my first question she is, She walked Carmen. around the pool yeah. next to the sauna, mm-hmm. the, uh, right on behind the waterfall. And right here, right now. I must have missed all that. You did. Oh, you're just going to put her straight on the air. Uh, yeah, you're not right. following convention. No, we're not. We're not. not. So what's all worse, right. uh, a, a tie or a loss? Can, can you hear? Hold on, wait a second. How about now? What's worse, a tie or a loss? What do you mean you can't This was a hear? great idea to just throw her on right in the middle <laughs> of Why the can't show. you hear? This is compelling is podcastery, right? Why is that? Are you hearing me or just hearing me? I'm not. I'm just hearing you like outside of the headphones. You're just hearing a little bit. You yeah. know what the first rule of thumb of engineering is? Plug things in. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was turn it turn it on. Well, no. The first thing again. is I can see it on. Oh, that's true. And then the next and turning thing, it off right now wouldn't be a great idea. No, that would be functional. There you go. All right, and we're you're, all good. All right. I got it now. All right. Okay. So <laughs> what's worse, a tie or a loss? A loss. Thank you. That's yeah, not a question. She's going like shrugging because yeah. how could you? 
You just want to suck up to Scott. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, Go ahead. Actually, it took her a long time to warm up to me because I kept spelling her name wrong. <laughs> kept spelling it like Dick Vitale. Oh. And yep. she'd fire back at me, and I'd be like, oh, whatever. Yeah, he got mad at me for getting mad at him right. for misspelling Which my I name. Which I suppose wasn't fair. So our guest today, <laughs> the first time, first person other than Jeff and I to ever be on the podcast twice... But the last time you just kind of, we brought you down here real quick to answer something. This time your name's on the marquee. Oh my gosh. It's Carmen Vitale, and she's going to tell us her title again. Staff I, writer and senior coordinator of digital content. That's right. She does a lot of coordinating digital things. Seniorly. Yes. <laughs> but the important part for why we have you on here is the staff writer part because you're spending, like, like Jeff and I, you're spending all week. Here in the locker room, listening to what people say, analyzing what's going on. And so uh, we had a lot of topics we didn't get to yet. But since you're our guest, we can get to the football stuff still. Cool. You know, if we had like Kenny Gant or something on, we'd be talking about Kenny Gant. Kenny Gant. He had a lot of great stories. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah. Now, um, before we get that, though, we do like to, to give help our, uh, our Salty Dog fans get to know our guests a little bit. And uh, so why don't you give us a little bit of your background and how you got here to the Buccaneers? Are you nervous? Um. No. Okay. Why should you? Be? Why, why would I be? I, I talked to you guys. This is just I like just, talking at the lunch table. We ate lunch together, together today. All right. Yeah. Did you? Did. You did too. You were right there. You weren't at. I wasn't at your lunch table today. Yes, oh. you were. Maybe we're confused because you're always at our lunch table. No, you were there. And then the lunch table. Uh, I must have. Must have. I must have blanked out. Go ahead. Yeah. Exactly. Um. How did I get here? Uh. I. If you would have told me like I was going to end up in Tampa, I think that I would have called you crazy. Um, but I was in PR before this, so I went to college. So ah, funny, funny how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't. I went to college for journalism at Arizona State, and I'd always loved writing. I had been writing since I was like four years old, and just like I wrote stories about like sparkles and mermaids and with crayons. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, no, I did have a computer in my room when I was like four years old. Wow. I don't know why my dad thought that that was a good idea. Jeff had an abacus. <laughs> But I'm not, and a sundown. I'm, I'm not even going to reply to that. I will you say, at Arizona State, you I know you are. Sports. You are older than I am, but That's I'm just going to let that. Don't let anybody on the <laughs> just look at the photos, folks. Keep going. Um, I will say that at Arizona State, I had to use a typewriter, like for our clips. I had to do the daily clips and stuff of what was in, our, and I actually physically had to like paste in articles from the newspaper, and then I would have to type on the paper where it was from and what it was, and then I would photocopy that so, and put it in, like, file it you, away in a physical yeah, file. You learned your craft. I did. And now it's like, I see, you know, it's just all these digital clips are just, so I... Kids I these days. Kids yeah. these days. I got it so easy. easy. Cut and paste. So Arizona State. Arizona State. And then um, I was, I did a couple of internships with, in Major League Baseball, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and then with... Yeah, um, yeah so Dodgers. That's Big game. Yep. Big game tonight. Anyway. And then... Yeah, I'm I not, can't believe it's. I'm not staying up for it. But she, no, huh? Linda yeah, will. no question. I can't stay up for any of this stuff. Now I'm on the East Coast. It's so bad. I, I don't think I've stayed up for an entire Arizona State football game this whole season. Your circadian rhythms haven't adjusted yet. <laughs> no, not quite. But um, I, from the Dodgers, I went to the White Sox. That's a real thing. I know. <laughs> White Sox. Okay, I like kind of like the White Sox. You kind well because they're not the Cubs, and you're not the Cubs. They're not the Cubs. And you like Frank Thomas. That's right. right. My first. Day on the job was the his introductory or his Hall of Fame press conference. Yeah, did you meet him? Yeah, I did. He was around quite a kind of not. I want I want to say quite a bit, but he was around. Personable fella. Yeah, for okay. the most part. Good to hear. Um, it's not one of those things where like it gets ruined by meeting your idols. Like he was he was nice enough. That's good. Um, and then I went back to grad school full time at Northwestern. Yay! I was waiting for that part of it. 
Go cats. Which I honestly think go cats. I Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna go drink some water. I'll be right back. <laughs> well, it, I think that's like I kind of got in on Scott's like decent side at least right away because I was okay. I was. A Can go you cat. sing the fight song? Um, not well. Like I need I need the music with me. Like I can't just go. You, you northwestern. No one wants to hear my tone deaf, but I can I can do it when I have the music. Um, and then, yeah, and then when I was getting out of grad school, I saw a marketing communications position come up here, mm-hmm. and it was a copywriter position, essentially, and I applied for it, and I had a friend that worked here. Who's that? Chris Kniff. Okay. So oh, him yeah. and I interned together at Arizona State, so... Moral of like my story is just network and keep your connections as much as possible. That's good because people ask us, like, how'd you get that job? Right. And yeah. it's really like I saw the position open. I applied for it. But then I, I called him and I was like, hey, what's the deal with this? And he kind of was like, oh, actually, my boss is doing the hiring. For that. So oh. I was like, oh, and it's, it's Carrie, uh, Carrie Cox, who's our director of marketing. Right. So I got in that way and I was copywriting and we just had an opening in like we had a void, I should say. Not even opening, it was yeah. a void. Yeah, it was like a void. When in the digital department when a bunch of people left and I just basically volunteered my services to start writing and it was something that I'd been wanting to circle back to and get, you know, back into. How well did you know football before you got here? Because you were talking about working in baseball. Well, I want to say that I knew, fo- I've known football more than I ever knew baseball. Gotcha. Um, and baseball is really, I mean, like I knew a lot about baseball in college. Um, when I worked for the sports information department at Arizona State, I was directly under the football and the baseball contact. So I knew like a lot, but there's a lot to know in baseball <laughs> as far as like stats and stuff, especially baseball is hard. That. Baseball has more stats, but I think yes. it's easier to understand. The average yes. fan can understand why they're shifting or something, but the average fan, and I include myself in this when it doesn't involve the Buccaneers, doesn't necessarily understand what that defensive formation is or why right. they did this or why they did that. And I, don't, I think it's pretty obvious in baseball. I don't want to make it sound like I know a lot of football either. I like, And I think it's all relative. I know that. But like when you – and you sure, I'm sure you guys feel this way too. It's like when you work around the people that know this sport – They've forgotten more football than you'll ever know in your entire life. Like, you kind of mm-hmm. get a skewed version of what you think you know. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. So, like, but I you, know nothing as far as I'm concerned. But it is amazing how much you pick up. Basically, like by osmosis, you're around it so much. You, you have conversations with the football people who, mm-hmm. who know a lot more than we do. That's true. Uh, and, and as the years go on, you accumulate well, a lot and, of knowledge. And yeah. as, as you have to write stories about these things, you, mm-hmm. you end up doing research to support your stories and yeah. you find more stuff out. Right. I mean, I will say that I didn't know. I mean, growing up in Chicago, which is where I grew up, the the how I knew the Bucks was they were part of our division for a long time until the black and blue division, the black and blue division, the NFC Central. So I knew them from that angle. But do you I remember when we beat them at the end of 1999 to go to win the division? Very well. Do you remember that? I vaguely. Yeah. I have. Well, to, I was I was 10 years old. So. But you were a Bears fan. Yes, that was Bears okay, fan. Well, so, we, won, we won that. Yeah, game. so that was like a crushing blow. But, I mean, I, 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 the thing is, I didn't grow up with a lot of expectation of the Bears either. Good point. Like, we had the 1985 Super Bowl, or they had the 1985 yeah. Super Bowl. I was not born yet. I was not thought of yet. <laughs> My parents had just gotten Me married. Neither. <laughs> Me neither. So, I, but like, I'm still drinking my water. I don't think I, like, knew. I Are could, we sure that's water? Yeah. I don't think I knew, like, who the Bears quarterback was 
until they, that's the joke. They don't right. have. They've never they, had exactly. any good quarterbacks. They've never had better quarterbacks. <laughs> when Jay Cutler joke. is the best quarterback in your franchise history, <laughs> Jay Cutler now. He I think has Sid Luckman is probably the best quarterback in, in, in Bears, Bears Buck, history. Yeah, Bears history. Not yeah. Bucks history. No, Bears history. That would be yeah. Weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everybody also would say Jim McMahon, but only because. He was on the Super Bowl team. Right. He wasn't that good. No, he wasn't. And he was a figure. But he, but yeah. he did have he some fun. some pretty remarkable games. Mm-hmm. He had a game against Minnesota coming off the bench, and just lit it up uh, the Super Bowl year. It, yeah. He, yeah. He 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 was a he. He's still like immortalized. So, yeah. That, like as that entire team. He is. may not have been the greatest the quarterback they had, but he certainly could make that team move. So. Well, and I mean, it was, I mean, it was the defense. Well, was the, yeah, color me unimpressed. I mean, Case Keenum's had some <laughs> Your nice face games. is like the epitome of the unimpressed face. Wow. You could rival Jay Cutler with your unimpressed <laughs> face right <now>. Just brought <laughs> it full circle. <laughs> sure did. Look so speaking of football knowledge, can we start talking about football again? Was, have... Do you think that was the Carmen Vitale story? Did we get it all? Yeah, there? that was, that was it. Okay. Jeff, were you watching Monday Night Football last night? I was. Carmen? Yeah. I was... I was dozing off, I will admit. I'm not a big fan of that new broadcast crew, period, And even though we love Booger to death. Yep. But I was really embarrassed for them. What is that noise? I don't know. Who's... uh, Oh, that's mine. Are you searching the web? That's unprofessional. Wow. That's your last time on the podcast. (laughs) What's the first rule of thumb? Turn Turn your your phone phone off. off. Okay. It is on that. Siri does that. Even when your phone Siri? is on silent. Oh, sure. Let's, okay. It was. It okay. was on Siri. Well, Siri can't come in anymore. She's and, not along on I this selfie dog. I start reminding you in press conferences to turn your phone on silent. So let's not call the kettle there black right now. There are certain things we are, <laughs> we are not supposed to discuss. <laughs> On the Salty Dogs podcast. We discuss everything on the Salty Dogs podcast. <laughs> so anyway, to get back to my question. Yes, you're talking about the three-man broadcast booth. One on the sideline, yeah. two in the booth. I don't, I don't like how this one, I don't like listening to them call a game. Maybe they'll get better. Mm-hmm. But I was embarrassed for them when, uh, I'm serious. Yeah. It wasn't just I thought, I didn't like that. I was like, this is embarrassing. When they, when... Uh, uh, the Giants scored. They were two. They were fourteen points down. They scored a touchdown. I don't remember exactly what the score was, but it was fourteen points down. They went for two. Mm-hmm. Whereas you would normally think, okay, we got to get two touchdowns. We're fourteen points down. That means they're going to go for go for one. And it seemed really weird. Why would they go for two when just going for one keeps them seven points down? But the thing about this is that happened just like two weeks ago in right. the Philly Minnesota game, and and everybody was confused. But since Doug Peterson did it, everybody assumed there was a good reason for it, and they were and that was true. Right. And then it was very well explained afterwards. You, mm-hmm. you guys have all heard that uh, explanation, yeah, absolutely. right? Yep. So it does. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah, because and it was I had. That's why you have people thinking of these things and and having them written down, and you've got a chart of what to do when. Because mm-hmm. Doug Peterson, even as great as he is at this stuff, isn't going to think of this on the spot. On the spot, right? So you you know that. You have, you have more than a fifty percent chance of making that two point conversion, and the Eagles actually made it. And if you do, now you're six points down. And if you do get the second touchdown, you can win the game with an extra point. Right. But even if because going to overtime is only a fifty fifty proposition, and you avoid going to overtime if you succeed in doing that. Mm-hmm. And even if you fail on the first one, you have a f- about a fifty or whatever percent chance of getting the second one and tying the game anyway. Right. And so add it all up. And you have a better chance of winning if you go for two. If you make the not not just making it, but the decision to go mm-hmm. for two gives you a better chance of winning that game than going for one. That's cool. I, I found that out, and maybe you guys did yeah. too, a couple weeks ago. How does a professional broadcasting team and all their support people two weeks later not have any idea about that? They were going crazy about what a stupid decision that was. Right. 
I couldn't believe it. And they wouldn't stop. No. They well, doubled down on it. In well, today's NFL, with all these aggressive decisions being made and all these coaches uh, finally willing to use these percentages, uh, like Sean McVay and Doug Peterson, you, sh- you need to know these things if you're broadcasting mm-hmm. an NFL game. Jeff, sorry to cut you off. No, I... I- I'm listening to what you're saying, and and now I'm stepping back, and I'm looking at it. Uh, I, you know, you got to start holding your producers somewhat responsible for that because you're during, giving us an idea what it's like. Behind what it's us. like yeah. because as a producer when, of a show. Yeah, right. when when your play-by-play and your color analysts are, they are reacting to what they're seeing in front of them. As a producer, uh, or as a statistician or a spotter, you are pointing out things that they may not have seen. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Simply because they are following the action. When I watch a game, I watch the whole field, and then sometimes if I see a tendency of a problem on the offensive line, or or, or I, I put, I'll put binoculars on and I'll focus on that, being able to feed information. So one. I think they needed help there. The other thing is I believe that's such a new broadcast. They're trying to get their legs, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately they're trying to create something on everything. You know, it's larger than life. So we have, you know, that's why they have Booger on the sideline. You know, is he seeing anything any different on the sideline than he is? No. I would say no. No, It's harder to see on the sideline. His position on the sideline where he's up. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't understand it because the point of like a sideline reporter being on the sideline is you can hear things. You can, you're in the thick right. of things. You can like mm-hmm. catch on to conversations but, and things that are happening. But he's not your typical sideline reporter. That is designed to have a color but, analyst on the sideline. But I don't understand. Yes. and But I don't understand why, like, why put him up there because you basically take away the good thing of being on the sideline. But he's removed from the booth. He's kind of in no yeah. man's land. So you, it's not a natural conversation between him and Jason. And, and that's the other and problem. And you can hear that. And right. That's the, right, because that's the other thing. you got people in your ear saying, you go, you go. But it, it sounds like he can jump in at any time. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, yeah. he did. But he's not up in, in the booth. I know they the, can't get, like, you know, the, the, I don't know if you want to call it the vibe up there, but he also doesn't necessarily no, have a pulse for what's the good point. There's definitely a feel in a broadcast booth. Yeah. And there are some days you're on and there's some days you're not. And it, and sometimes it is predicated on how the game's going. Yeah. You know, now they're doing games that they don't follow all the time. So, but. Yeah, it's the difference in being a team. Yeah, being a, because you're doing it all the time. But right. but but they spend a week getting ready for that. Uh, yeah. When you have one game, then you are researching. But I mean, again, it happened somewhere else. You picked up on yeah. it. Yeah, someone should have someone should have known that it wasn't so crazy to be. Yeah, somebody should have be been going. whispering there. Hey guys, but I, it, I but, hear you. But listen, this happened and blah blah. Yeah. Uh, to your point, there was a point in the game where they asked him about what it was like on the bench, and and he's like he was looking down at the bench saying. Oh, they seem very energetic down there or something like that. I mean, you mm-hmm. it, that vantage point was no better than the booth. Right. He couldn't possibly hear what was going on. Right. And I, I rolled my eyes at that point. I'm like, <laughs> they're trying to make us believe that I, this thing on the sideline is yeah. worthwhile. I'll tell yeah. you I'll tell you who hates it. The fans back fans. there? Yeah. But fans they do put a TV on the back there, right? I didn't, you know, pay hey. Pay the money to hey, watch TV, I guess. Well, I, oh I, I used to sit in the stands before I started doing this. And... When they, when we had a national TV, they would have the camera going mm-hmm. back and forth before they had the sky okay. camera going around, and they would put a little TV there. That I don't care. It, didn't do it doesn't do any no. good. The sun, you're, it's not That's like it, you know, it's just yeah. Get, you, get rid of it. Get, it's, yeah. It's silly. But but I understand where they're headed with it because Monday Night Football, they're trying to reinvent themselves as being the big game where 
you know, Thursday night seems to be overtaking Monday night. And at one time, Monday night football was – that was it. I mean, that you knew – but maybe something special. Don't bring in out. a rookie broadcaster into Monday Night Football. I understand well, that Jason Witten understands the game again, but like we were saying before, he just got to start somewhere. You don't have Monday to start Night in the Football. Monday Night booth, though. <laughs> you don't start in the Monday Night booth unless you're wow. Tony Romo. You guys are harsh. Well, th- there's a perfect example. You know, I mean, well, yeah, the, his style. His, to are me, you going to do the Tom Brady thing or am I? What's that? You can do the Tom Brady thing. That's fine. Yeah, I brought Tony it, I brought Romo it is like Tom Brady. Everybody goes, see, see, you can find a quarterback in the sixth round. That's where Tom Brady was mm-hmm. drafted. Everybody knows that because it's right. the exception to the rule. No, right. no, no. What I was going to say with Tony Romo, either you like him or you don't like him. So He's got no you, middle ground. Either you like a guy who's really good broadcasting games or you don't like a guy who's really good at broadcasting Sometimes. <laughs> Mm. He's fantastic. Yeah, I I really think he's great. I he love so- listening to sometimes him. Sometimes to me, he sounds like a guy sitting on a bar stool. The only thing he's missing is a beer. But is there something wrong with that? I didn't say it was. I'm just saying <laughs> that there, there is. is Apparently there, there is. is. <laughs> it, it's, it's a love. Hey, the fact of the matter is, since we are talking about Monday Night Football, they are doing their job. And that is, they're oh, doing boy. something. They are doing like something that. to make you talk. I don't know. We talk about our government a lot. Well, Uh-oh. apparently they're that. I didn't get specific. Uh-oh. I didn't get specific. Okay, you're right. You're right. Everybody's wow. mad at the government, no matter what side. That's, That's true. true. That's true. Um, I don't. I don't know that I subscribe to the all pre- all press is good press. I don't either. We're really ganging up on you today. Yeah, we are. I think it's a generational it's... thing because Carmen and I are in one generation, <laughs> yeah. and you're in another. Right. <laughs> Speaking of no man's land, I do call it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What? No, I don't. I don't know. You don't want me to continue. That. You were going to say you call me your your your, your big brother, but that's but really, better than being called a father. Well, I didn't, wow. yeah, there's not quite enough right. for you to be my dad, Jeff. Wow. On the other hand, no, I don't think there's no, quite enough between so. us and like okay. me. You yeah. think I'm All older right, than I am, but I'm not. I'm just I'm no. just teasing. I don't, I don't actually mean it. I mean, um, Carmen. I was born in 27, so you know well. <laughs> I remember the Yankees 18? back then. We were really good. We were talking before you came in about a number of things from that game, and one of the big ones, of course, was defense. So what is your take on what they did better, why they did it better, and, and can it continue? Um, I saw a lot more aggressiveness from the get-go, which I think was interesting to see. Um, you know, there was more blitzes, more pressure just brought, like not in situations that necessitated it. Hmm. It was kind of a preemptive strike, if you will, and I think that that was good to see. Um, and I think that that's sustainable. It's just a matter of, you know, calling it in, in the beginning and the situational stuff that you see. Um, what I was interested to see mostly, though, is because of um, Coach Duffner, coaches from the sidelines. So that's true. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know if that would make a little bit of a difference. We were talking about, like, the pulse of a broadcast booth. Well, the pulse of the bench. I mean, you can kind of get, you know, I don't, I don't know what that intangible kind of brought to being able to call certain plays. And obviously they have a very solid plan going into each game. But obviously that takes a turn whether or not, you know, the game is going how you want it yeah, to. Yeah, you have to adjust. So I, th- I so the adjustments, I thought, I didn't, I didn't know if those would be affected by, you know, having someone calling the plays that's actually on the bench with the guys versus up um, in the booth. Well, I, you know, it's that interesting. Makes some sense. Yeah, I an example, Monty Kiffin, when he first started, he was up in the box with us. It went, when he was, was in he? the defensive box, he, he was he there. was he didn't he was up there for a for a while, and then he went yeah. down. And I think it's a feel. Yeah, I really think it's an individual feel. Some sometimes they like to see everything up above, but yeah. now, but now, you know, everybody's on a headset. Mm-hmm. Everybody can talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. So if you have good people up above. 
watching what's going on, mm-hmm. then you're you're because you can't see everything on the sideline. No, you and just that, can't. And that was the other thing is like, is that actually going to be a detriment because you can't see the whole field and you don't know what's going to. One be of like. my favorite pictures hanging up. One buck has all kinds of pictures hang, of players <laughs> of past and all that are all around the building. It's a really cool thing if you ever get to visit here. One of my favorites is up near our office. The Advent Health Training. Oh center. gosh, you're right. I blew that one. Yeah. Yeah. Advent, Advent Health, Health is one, one word. word. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida Hospital is becoming Advent Health. So there's a picture up there, really big picture up there, of Monty Kiffin with his arm around Derek, Derek Brooks. Brooks, who's about to go back out on the field, and he's telling him something. And it, I mean, you can see the connection there. That is sort of, to me, what you're talking about here. Mm-hmm. He can, he's down there, and he can, he can listen directly to what his players are saying. They're coming mm-hmm. back saying, "This is working. This isn't working. Right. What can we change? That sort of thing." Yeah. So that's a good point. And I think the key is listening to what your players are saying. Mm-hmm. Because you can overrule your player, it's true. but the fact is, you need to have that open communication that they can say what they want to say. Yeah. And that's not always the case in any business. No, and I think that Coach Duffner has been known to do that mm-hmm. as it is, like just even as a linebackers coach, like he is known for listening to his players and to for being very collaborative with them. So, well, they like his positive, upbeat approach. Yes, and his hugs. They like his hugs. <laughs> they like his hugs. <laughs> I, I haven't got a hug yet. No, I haven't got a hug either. Uh, no, no. Uh, no. I've got an arm around. I have not gotten a hug. It's close. That's it's close. Very close. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, we good? Yeah. You you want to stick around sure. for our third segment and help us answer the Why questions? Why not? Sure. Do you have a meeting to go to? No. Usually. Usually. It is, it is the Advent Hub Training Center. <laughs> but I can use this as an excuse. I'm always up for getting out of I'm great you. for excuses. Just blame JR. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. We will roll right into our... Uh, Okay, before we get into questions, I have... I I thought you said we were done. Well, we are. This is about questions. You have a question about the questions? No, I have a a comment about the questions. Is Uh, this going to be again that you didn't see them ahead of time? You're going to... Well, no. This is going to be like, is a coincidence? I think not. Peter King writes a national column. (laughs) Peter King wrote... uh, He takes questions from people. Mm -hmm. One of the questions was some guy from St. Louis who wanted to know where is this going? I don't know. Who wanted to know in overtime no if way. one team keeps the, the ball? The question I just answered and runs no it all, way and runs it all the way to the very end. Was this you? Do they win the it game? It was not me. Are you sure? I swear it was I, not me. And, and I'm not from St. Louis anymore. And I anymore, but like I read it could have this, been like an alias. Listen, I read this <laughs> yesterday morning. Do you know how hard it was for me not to say anything when we Did were Peter at lunch? Did Peter King get the answer right? Yes. He said, yes, they would have won. The other team does not get the ball. Yeah, that's right. And, so, and, um, Did he cite I, any sources? Because I had an actual NFL referee I, that was the answer. We'll have to, we could Google it right now. Nah. The moral but, of the story is everybody should be paying attention to what Scott Smith writes well, on our listen website. Listen to the salty pot. Yeah. Listen so to the salty what I, what My initial thought was, okay, Peter King doesn't like our salty oatmeal. You remember that story, right? No. He came here and had breakfast. Well, this has so many connections. And, oh my God. And, and he ate the oatmeal. And in his column, he said he it was too. That. He said it was too salty. Oh, and no, to this day, salty. chef is like, wait till <laughs> come back in my kitchen right now. You think it's salty chef now? Like oh, salty. chef is ready for him. Salty but, oatmeal for some but, salty dogs. So, so right. I think that's it, the connection. Now, he, now my question is, and he really likes dogs. That's true. Yes, he loves I his dogs. I think his Twitter avatar is yes, a dog. Yes, yes. So you and, guys are Peter King. But the you question know. is, did Peter King listen to our podcast? Take the question. There's a lot of evidence and to go, suggest that there is. Hey, 
Okay. <laughs> this, I don't know. Also, George Washington had a secretary named Jefferson, and mm. Jefferson had a secretary. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, named Kennedy. And yes, Kennedy, there is. That was Lincoln and Kennedy Lincoln and, and Kennedy. 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 Yes. 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 But I just, I and, and so as you listen to this podcast, you look at Peter King's. Um, Basically, you're getting no the long, exact same value from this podcast as you do from, from Peter a national King's guy. work. So therefore, right. we need to re- go renegotiate no, our salaries. And it's now it's it, it's now on the NBC <laughs> Sports. It it's now on the NBC thing. He yeah, he, yeah he, right. he's shifted over. Right. But it's the same. Now Albert same Breer is he's entering that like he's in that twilight of retirement where like he just gets to do whatever he wants now. Yeah, yeah I think he solid. literally said yeah. when he was yeah. when he was making this move that he literally just wanted to at this point work some fewer hours because he would work insane hours. He, right. You know, one of the things he does that I really, really like is around Father's Day, he writes about books that perhaps you should buy for your dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And every year I, I, I get one or two books that, that, that I asked. read mm-hmm. that, that I go, oh, that looks interesting. So I, I like his book reference. Because cool. you're like a dad age. Well, wow. So is it all right if I start reading <laughs> wow. these questions now, Jeff? That was a good story. Yeah, that was a good it story. Was. You're welcome. All right. Question number one. Hello, you are the first person I've heard talk about getting the ball to Ronald Jones in space. That's in quotation marks. Mm. I can't believe that's true, but okay. okay. If Sean McVay was the coach of the Bucks, he would have figured that out a long time ago. There was like three O's. Uh-huh. Jones is, su- yeah, this isn't a very kindly yeah. worded question. Yeah, no. so I'll just keep, let you know that. Keep going. Okay. Jones is such a huge weapon that the Bucks haven't discovered yet because they run him like a damn fullback straight into the line. Idiots. Idiots. <laughs> this kid is a racehorse and he needs some space. Once they figure that out, he will blossom. This is from David and McKinney. Now, realize, first of all, that this is meant as a compliment because he's saying you guys figured it out and nobody else has. Mm-hmm. But I take issue with almost every aspect of yes. this question. First where, of all, this where do was, we begin? First of all, this, I've, I'm not even close to the first person that has said it's, we need to get Ronald Jones out of space because right. he's an explosive player. Absolutely. Uh, there's no, second there's of all, no denying that. by the time this, he wrote this, sent this question in before our last game mm-hmm. when Ronald Jones got a bit more action because Peyton Barber was in and out a little bit in the right. second half. Ronald Jones had 11 carries in the entire season before that. Our, we're basing our tendencies on how we're using Ronald Jones on the first 11 He wasn't even active career. until the Bears game. I know. <laughs> that seems a little unusual to me. That, mm-hmm. In the Atlanta game, which is this came in right after that, he had one carry and three receptions on three targets. The, the receptions were an effort to get him out in space. That's the whole That's point, the whole point of, of throwing, throwing them. To he, a did, running back. he did not come out of USC with a reputation for being a great pass catcher because they no. didn't use him in that way. Correct. But we said, we think he can do it. And mm-hmm. if he can, he's going to be a great weapon that way. And he's caught all the balls in the last couple of games. I will say that I talked to his offensive coordinator at USC for an article I did just a couple months ago while we were in training camp. See, this is why we have Carmen on. <laughs> um, it was T. Martin. And he was oh. like, I know that, you know, Ronald gets like a little bit of a, it, uh, there's, it's a strike against him that he doesn't, he's not a pass catching running back, but he's like, you know what? He never dropped a pass for us in a game. Really? That was not part of, you know, that's not what they asked these guys to do very much. Right. But every, he's never dropped a pass for them in a game. And I think that's the case for us so far too. Yeah. And he's, and so he said that, you know, I, we had, when, when it came down to it, there was not a situation that he felt uncomfortable throwing yeah. Ronald the ball. Yeah. So, so those passes are an attempt to get him out in space. Absolutely. Now, if, you, if you want him to at some point be an every down running back, which I think we do, mm. we can't never run him up the middle. No. His best run in the Cleveland game was up the middle. Went for nine yeah. yards. His touchdown was up the middle. It was up the middle. His worst run was a sweep. Now, I'm not saying it was his fault. There was nowhere to go. But that's an attempt to get him around the edge, which sounds like what David would like us to do. But I think he's also making an adjustment from the college game to the pro game, and that is the hole mm. doesn't stay open very long. No. Where the college game, you can – Scoot through, yeah. 
pro game, it's there and it's not. And it, and he had it. If you re, if you watch, sometimes he has a tendency to go down the line. You know, he's got to look and see what's going on. And, mm. and the holes are closing quicker. Mm. I think it's an adjustment for him. And what like the thing is though about him is that he's so much bigger than you think he is. Mm-hmm. Like he's what six one, I think. But like in comparison, even to the other running backs, like you see him in his position group, and you're like, is that a running back? Like you know, when you when you're looking at him, hmm. well, so, he's definitely bigger than Quiz and Sean Wilson. Yes, <laughs> that's together. Yes, standing on, that's <laughs> on their oh, shoulders. Wow, poor Quiz and Sean. <laughs> Boy, no one's unscathed. But I mean, he's got. I think he's got like this sneaky amount of power that people don't understand that he does. So I think yeah. you know, running over the middle isn't. The and, bad call either. And I think he's going to be a really good player. Just give it some time. Yeah, bef- yeah, exactly. Before we get away from this one, this is an example of the thing that always I, I, can't, I can't wrap my head around when fans, and I probably do the same dang thing when I'm rooting for the Cardinals or something. You think? But when they, when they make a statement like this that indicates that they think that the coaches, Just, professional coaches of a football team, wouldn't right. know something incredibly right. obvious. Right. Like, why don't they get the ball to Ronald Jones' space? Like, like if I rushed up there now and told Dirk this, he'd be like, "There you <laughs> that, go." That's that's we what had we were missing. never thought of that. That is a great point. I don't think he would respond that way. <laughs> <laughs> I know for a fact he would not no. respond that way. He would look. At, I don't even think he would respond. It I would think he'd be, look at you and walk away. It would be it would be salty dog. One of the dogs <laughs> would be gone. <laughs> Always wondered how my career here would end. I just and I don't I don't know if this is a symptom of like we're around it more, so we see it more, and maybe we just kind of take for granted what people know and don't know about what the coaches do, but like like how much time time they spend here and what they like. I mean, we kind of touched on it the last time I was on here, because I, I expect media members to know what these guys put in, but I guess, you know, maybe the general population. But I think it also is an emotional thing. As a fan, you're emotional. You should be. That's, that's, that's I'm not ripping on David and McKinney here. And the other thing too is, is that you also have to realize sometimes plays get called and it isn't executed properly. Right. right. And the wrong person's getting blamed why it didn't work. Right. And so, unless you know what the actual play call is and who's supposed to go where. A very good example of that was the interception in overtime. You can do it then. No, well, You're the guest. <laughs> Go ahead. He just wants to know if you're going to get it right. I guess so. But no, Dirk was said in the Brandon's press conference that, you know, that was actually, uh, what was it that you're, you're going to have to help okay, me out Okay, so the interception that Jameis threw in overtime. In overtime. When you're watching it, you go, what was he possibly thinking? He just threw that ball directly to the linebacker. Right. Why? It was because the there was another... Chris got it was supposed to go to Chris. It was Godwin, supposed to go to Chris Godwin, who had got like five steps on his man, was wide open. Right, but then like it was something with the route that another he, receiver. It was had another run receiver had run the wrong route, so the linebacker dropped off of him, and was able like basically he led him right into the right. path that Chris Godwin. It was a different was receiver that messed up, and because he ran the wrong route, there was a defender staying there that shouldn't have been there. Right, he led him in like in underneath. Now, not to say a quarterback doesn't take some blame there. He probably needed to be able to recognize it. But necess- not necessarily because, I mean, you throw that ball before those guys are it's in position yet. It is, it is but hard it's to a say. But it's a great example of what you're saying is mm-hmm. that sometimes, and we all do it, we put the blame on somebody not realizing that they didn't really do anything wrong on that play. Right. And, and, and again, it's oh. another one where you look at a play and go, why would a quarterback ever do that? Well, now you know. Now you know. Because it's not they're dumb. No. And do, do you I have think, more on that? No, okay. I, I totally agree. I mean, that's that's the well. People can't see you nodding your head. Oh well, <laughs> you guys are just going at it, so I'm just you know, I, I, you know, I'm a good traffic cop. I know okay. when to step in, when to step out. All right. So the second one is there's not much of a question to it. Um, 
well, it's more of a, we've been asking people to suggest who to get on. Oh. It's Salty Dogs, great podcast, fellas. Actually, the Salty Dogs is all in ex- caps with four exclamation points, wow. so I guess I should have yelled that Very one. Very enthusiastic. But I won't. Okay. Great podcast, fellas. I enjoy hearing the stories of Buccaneer players in the past. I enjoy hearing their journeys and life after football. Don't tell them that I just had to put on reading glasses. Jeff, what would it take for you to get a Twitter account? I have Ooh. a Twitter account. You just apparently don't I do. put it's, it out there. It's, uh, I've been asked that question. It's Jeff Ryan Bucks. Okay. Now I don't right use now. it. Oh. But so there is you can a, follow him, but it but won't yeah, be any there good. are people who are following me, and, <laughs> and I use it because I, I read Twitter, but right. I really... I've gotten know. multiple people asking me yeah. how to reach out to you on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm now like, I... I yeah. I'm a, I didn't have an answer for them. I just like, uh, Jeff, Jeff doesn't use it. Yeah. I, I just... All right. Are you a lurker then? So you That's like you're on like. it and you just like lurk and look well, at other people's. Well, you what I but Jeff, <laughs> you can't. What I do is Jeff. I, we're from a different generation I'll give again. You, I know. And we use social <laughs> media differently. I'll than give you, you a perfect example of how I use Twitter. All right. Okay. Whoever we're going to play that week. Yeah. We're going to be playing the Cincinnati. We're playing in Cincinnati, right? The Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals, right? <laughs> All right. I follow them. Okay. For that week. Brilliant. All the way through, oh. just to see during the game, I follow them. I follow Scott Smith. That obviously Do, makes Well, sense. you don't follow me, I don't No, think. I don't. That's really upsetting. I follow, and I, you don't appear like you have any plans to. Um, <laughs> yeah. God, what it's, do I got to do? <laughs> because I have to work here for 26 yeah. years. You got to earn your stripes. All right, so you the rest don't. of this is. But, but yes, and, and um, if you want to know my feelings and comments, then you just keep listening to Salty Dogs, because as long as this keeps going, it's going to get. Salty. I think it's never going to end today. <laughs> no, you're this only a long one. You're 52 minutes. You're fine. Scott. It's any, been entertaining, Scott. Scott, any way you can get Ernest Graham, and he puts in parentheses, Mr. October on the podcast in the future. Uh, the answer Mr. to that question is I bet we can, and I have reached out. I'm waiting for a response. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll have him on soon. And it's Mr. August. That's right. I don't understand this Mr. And, October thing. Well, I think he just confused his baseball with football. Oh. And the reason why Ernest Graham was Mr. August is he racked up so many different yeah. yards and during preseason. Former running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came from Florida. He was an undrafted guy. Great it took guy. him a lot of years. He eventually became a really good special teams player. That's why he Insurance. made the team. Was waiting around for a chance, and a caddy got hurt. One of those times caddy got hurt, and he got a shot. But before that, yeah, he would carry the ball constantly and get great numbers in, in the preseason. preseason. So yeah. It almost sounds derogatory, Mr. August, no, but right. he proved eventually he proved. when he got his shot and that he could – succeed in the other months and he was a perfect example of he had an opportunity in the preseason to show what he had and that's why he was able to stay on a team right and he, he stuck around because of his special teams yes which a lot of guys no. do yeah well that's the case for a lot of guys that's right all right and uh so yes we will try to do that you just got jeff's twitter account and so <laughs> we i think we did a good job there for that's chris okay last where? one where's chris from he didn't say i wish they would all say but they don't all say okay uh scott and jeff and in this case I'll add in Carmen. You guys had Carl the Truth Williams and Kenny the Shark Gant on. Is it the shark or shark? Is it Kenny Shark Gant or the shark? Now I can't remember. It's like when you say a word over and over again, it doesn't sound right anymore. I think it's the shark. Kenny the Shark Gant. I think it's the shark. Are those the best player nicknames in Bucks history or are there better ones? The only one that comes immediately to mind for me is the one I just said, Cadillac Williams, which is pretty good but not awesome, which I agree with. It's it's fine. A-Train. There you go. What you got? You think, that's the, you think that's the best nickname? It's right up I, there. It's a great. It's uh, Mike Allstadt. Boy, the there was I, Carmen. I, Carmen, there was a time in the stadium that all you heard was train whistles. Like blow their train and whistles. it wasn't coming from the loudspeakers. From the loudspeaker. It was actual 
little wooden things. I, I think it was one of a gate giveaway. Well, then I think it's how you're evaluating the nicknames because, like, that's invoking something or evoking something. Well, he was the A-Train before he came here. Right. He was known as the A-Train. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying don't look at me like that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm surprised you didn't know because you know everything. About the Buccaneers. Yes. I didn't claim to be a Purdue expert. (laughs) But he's a Buccaneer. You You go back. Yeah, well, whatever. Thank you for I, giving me that one, Scott Smith. He was, was also part of Thunder and Lightning. Yes. W- with Work Done, which Work is a great done. nickname, but it's been used a lot. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's not particularly hey, cool. You know That's what else? Good. Here's a better one WD 40. Yeah. Work Done yeah. 40, All Star. WD 40 was uh, great. I think one of the most famous ones is Batman. Yes, Batman Richard Woods. Woods. Yeah. Woods. Yes. That was probably their first big nickname. And, it, and that was when they would tape up their hands like clubs. Right. And he, he would draw, draw Batman. a Batman. There is yeah, a photo. Oh, I've seen this. Ho- yeah, I've seen the photo. Yeah. Yeah. Which, is kind of, which is funny how you roam the, the hallways at the Advent Health Center training facility. And you added a couple yeah, more. Yeah, you, you, Advent yeah. Health Training <laughs> Center. <laughs> training Center. Yeah, well, it's center twice. <laughs> Advent <laughs> Health, one, year, one word. One word. Advent Health Training But anyways, <laughs> but, but it's funny how that you... Is the American Dodgeball Association <laughs> that of is America. Not, <laughs> that is not the best nickname. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a nickname for it now. What? I mean, we called one AHC? buck. AHC? Uh, wait, again, you... There's a word training in there. Yeah. Oh. ATC. AHTC. Well, Advent Health is one word. Yeah. ATC, yeah. The Addy. Yeah. The Addy. But the what confuses you yeah. is that is a capital A and a capital H. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's... We're really getting into the minutiae of the name of this place. Mm. But anyways, walking the hallways here, <laughs> there are photos that you see and see and see until someone says something. You can tell... You know where that... Yeah. Where is that photo yeah, located? Yeah, she said she's seen it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Where is it located? It's... Is it in the hallway upstairs? That's really well, narrowing really it down. Yeah. No, all you whole... basically did was was put cut a nap between the first floor <laughs> no, and the second floor. No, I was, I, was gonna, I was gonna go. They're on. all in the hallway. I, well, I was going to go on as soon as I got a nod, like it was upstairs. It's upstairs, right? You're telling me where it is. Yeah, so tell me where it is. It is upstairs. It's the on the way to football side. Correct. There's a yes. couple ways to get there. Yes. Okay, by the creative services <laughs> hallway, going that way to football side. By the gated community. We have a we have a, a special section in the Advent Health Training Center where well you done. have to have a key to get in. We call that the gated community. That's where Scott Smith and Carmen. No, work. Carmen's not in I'm there not anymore. I'm not there anymore. She got kicked oh, out got of the gated community. Right. I got kicked out. Oh, that's right. The homeowners association voted you out. <laughs> what about um, Automatica? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The worst one ever. Muscle hamster? Yes. Oh, that is absolutely mainly, 100% the worst one. It stinks, and he hated it. Yeah. Right. So I don't know I how have, you would like that. Yeah. I never understood well, that. The muscle part is nice. Yeah. I guess, but the muscle hamster? No. They just meant he was short but powerful, right? Strong. I feel like there are a lot of other analogies you could make for, Agreed. like, stout. That's terrible. That's really awful. I, I just wanted... I thought about this a little because these two never really caught on, but they were, like, internal nicknames from player or coach to player that I liked. Do you remember the um, Atlanta game uh, late in O2? We were obviously doing very well, but Atlanta was doing very well because Michael Vick was turning into a superstar, and they hadn't lost. They'd had a tie, but they hadn't lost for like eight straight weeks. And it was such a big game that Commissioner uh, Tagliabue came down here to see it. I remember it. And it was like Michael Vick, who was just tearing people apart, running all over the place against the best defense in the league. What's going to happen? We demolished them, and and Vic ended up with like six rushing yards. He couldn't go anywhere because Derek Brooks was spying on him and and, t- and taking him down every time he tried to move. And Warren Sapp afterwards was like, they couldn't. He couldn't get past the sheriff. He was our sheriff because his number was fifty five. Can't go more than fifty five. Yeah. 
I thought that was kind of I thought it was very good. But it never it caught on. Never. But Michael Vick also cried That's surprising on the that sideline. No, yeah. that was not Michael Vick. That was Cordell Stewart. Come on, man. Was that Cordell Stewart? It was Cordell was Stewart for the, for for the, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers. You sure? Yes, I'm 100% sure. <laughs> you didn't know the A train, so I'm beginning to doubt you. <laughs> and then also, Monty Kiffin used to call John Lynch the closer because mm-hmm. even though he doesn't have a huge amount of interceptions, he would get his turnovers at just the absolute most important time. Did that not catch on? I don't feel like it caught no, on. No, but the owner ownership used to call it, we need a we need As, a Johnny Lynch. So when, you've heard it. Well, yeah, but when I had to do the corner boards um, for like the Ring of Honor stuff, yeah. on John Lynch's thing, that's one of the little oh, bullet points okay. is that nicknamed the closer. Oh, okay. I guess it caught on better than I thought. Yeah. Well, good. I was going to say, if I, if I had heard of it, then yeah. yeah. We got anything you had heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, I haven't been around like you guys have. That's true. Yeah. I'm just, self-aware. I started working here when I was six. So well, I was eight. So. Been a long 26 years. That's it. Um, any more questions? No, we're done. That was it? Yep. Wow. Oh, okay. Thanks, Carmen. Well, thanks, Carmen. Well, we appreciate, appreciate it. Guys. Good. You brought now, some. You're the first two-time guest. Yeah. One and a half. Good stuff. One and a half. Good. I went over one. Over Like, if the over-under is one, yeah. I'm this over. Is, this is probably, you're going to notice, this is probably where your life's really going to take off. Yeah, I mean, I people have, are going to start to know you. I have to imagine. You're going to get up. <laughs> I did. There was a comment. What's, so your, I, what's your Twitter account so they can start following you? Oh, Carmi V, C A R M I E V, which is actually modeled after Dickie V, Dick Vitale. Not Cardi B. Not Cardi. I I had it before Cardi B. So. I was going to ask you that. I assumed. <sighs> Do people that think what it was. that? It's hundred percent what I thought you were doing. No, with that. Yes. I've had Cardi B since like two thousand when you, I joined Twitter, which was like two thousand ten. I think you are, however, a huge Cardi B fan, right? I. She's one of my guilty pleasures. Oh, I actually didn't know that. I was just. Uh, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head there, though, nice. because I, I hate that I like her so much. Jeff doesn't know who Cardi is. I was just going to say, most of this audience doesn't know who she is. Who is she? <laughs> well, Carmen and I are in a different generation than you are. <laughs> Jeez. Continue. She's a... She's a, 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 a Oh, you really know who she is. She's I was a, trying to figure the best way to say it. Can I, can, we, can, I, can I say what she was? Are I, you going to sing I, one of her songs? Because no. that didn't go well the first time we tried it. Absolutely not. Um, anyway, it's not singing, really. It's rapping. But she was a stripper. Can I say that? beforehand you that's how she like stripper that's how she got famous was because she was like a I, really famous stripper and then she started making music and now she's a rapper <laughs> so she stripped <laughs> to get herself through college so she could go ahead and no she didn't go to college oh I'm she just liked stripping okay you know we could have ended this like three minutes ago. <laughs> i don't know why we need the extended cut cardi b version uh, this is, this is no i this was is, gonna say i was gonna say that this is the after you said my life is really gonna take off after this yes mm-hmm. um i did just get a comment on i started the carmen catches up like it's a morning yeah or column that i do now three times a week and it's just i go over what happened the in the building news, yeah. right um, there was a comment on one of them that was like, who's Carmen? It's <laughs> like, ow. That's, let me tell Oops. you, fans will bring you right down, right where you are. You think you're feeling good about yourself, they'll they'll take you right down. I remember. So maybe this can help. That makes me think once of, uh, I, I, when I first started doing videos on the site, and it was we didn't have 8 million people working on the website back then, so it was just one cameraman and, and me. <laughs> And somebody commented on one pie, they're like, Scott Smith is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped reading comments for a little while after yeah. that. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't, I don't you, normally read them, but that was one that was just glaring like, who's Carmen? You, can, who's you can get a ton of, yeah, I like your stuff, love your stuff, yeah, lovely stuff. Love your stuff. You suck. The only one you remember. That's the only one you, you remember. Suck. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Well, humble. now people are going to know you a lot better because of the Salty Dogs, which we should go ahead and wrap up. And Carmen. All right. Thanks, Carmen. It. Appreciate she, you coming Jeff, down. Jeff has to finish this. So. You yeah. do. You right. everybody, everybody else be quiet. You do, okay. owe, you do owe me now that I got you out of that meeting. Okay. Right. You're right. I do. Very good. All right. Hey, thanks. Since you did, thanks for listening.